It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down I was born. Hey, folks, KP here for American Loser. A uh, little bit of an off uh, off the, the beaten path kind of an episode today. We really liked it. We had a cool opportunity to do something unique. Uh, we had a very, very popular episode, a two-parter on the Marquis de Lafayette, who we think is one of the coolest guys in American history, and his entire life is so ridiculous. In doing some of the research, we stumbled upon uh, the Lafayette Trail, which is something that's emerging, currently going on. It's already established, but it's also emerging and growing in the United States uh, amongst all the historical societies. We went up talking to uh, one of the social media managers for that, who is a daughter of the American Revolution, and she's super into it. She's uh, coming to it from like the Hamilton angle too. So it's the musical side of things. It's uh, They're trying to do what we're doing here, which is trying to show you guys history. is very, very interesting, and it's very fun to talk about. It's not a stuffy topic. So we were uh, joined today by uh, Kat, who is actually the social media manager for the Lafayette Trail which is commemorating all the places that Lafayette visited when he came back over here. And then uh, Julian Escher, uh, I hope I said it correctly. He's also a Frenchman. So, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to make sure you have it all right here. But he's actually the guy who's in charge of the trail. Just to show you guys how legit these people are, they agreed to do our show. And then the next day had a, a sit-down audience with uh, General David Petraeus. So uh, a stark step down for them in terms of esteem here. But they were so nice to come on and join us for the show. So we just did it as an interview, like kind of an interview format. Let them talk a little bit here. They shine a light on some stuff. And, uh, you know, they're good people. These are the kind of people you want to help out and support, especially if you like history. Like we think you do if you're enjoying this show. So without further ado, please enjoy the interview with uh, Julian and Kat from the Lafayette Trail. Hey, folks, welcome back to another episode of American Losers, the podcast that puts a spotlight firmly on second place. We'd like to tell weird stories from American history. And this episode's going to be a little bit weird. It's slightly different. All right, we're in the studio here. We got uh, my boy Chris Cullen behind uh, the ones and twos helping us out on this one. Thank you very much, Chris. All right. Yeah. Oh, this my, my mic's off. His mic's off, so he can't even talk to you guys here. And then, of course, to my left is uh, my dilf of a dad, Lawrence Patrick hey. Burke. Say hello to the people, Dad. Hey, how we doing today? Everybody good? So far, so good. We got so two far. awesome guests here real quickly. Um, we have uh, – this was kind of exciting. I, I met Kat first, actually, through the um, – it was one of the, the Facebook groups – the uh, American history fanatics. And I think you and me can agree on that, Kat. There's some people in there that are a little, uh, it's a little stuffy sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. I mean, history, you got to make it fun. Got to make it fun. That's right. what we try to do on the show. Our tagline is always that uh, history's not boring. Your teachers were. So, <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's the right way to do it. And then um, you were always posting about this uh, Lafayette trail that's going on here. And it keeps always reminding me. I said, oh, we keep meaning to do an episode on uh, Marquis de Lafayette or um, – Actually, how many of his his first names can you guys get through before you forget? Is it like like rambling off the digits of pi? <laughs> Marie, Paul, Yves, Rock, Gilbert. I mean, you've got plenty, but uh, that's that's pretty good, right? That, I'm going to say that's a win. That's a little bit further than I was going to get. So, yeah. And of course, that voice there is uh, uh, Julian. Julian, you got so you actually uh, are super involved with um, the trail, and then I think Kat was telling me she handles the social media for it. 
Yeah, that's right. So Kat does a phenomenal job for us, social media, everything that's communication for the trail she handles. So she has helped significantly create the branding of the trail. Uh, we increased uh, to thousands of people that we reach out uh, to regularly. So that's that's kind of her big contribution. It's pretty amazing. And so that's one of the uh, parts, one of the faces of the trail. Uh, Historic Marker is another one. And uh, a web series called Follow the Frenchman. So this is kind of the uh, three activities that we focus on and that kind of drives the efforts of the trail. See, this is cool too. So, um, and she does do a great job because that's how we found you guys. So that's <laughs> really? pretty awesome. Um, and then of course, unfortunately we're, uh, and uh, Chris, just so you know, this is how serious these guys are with what they do. Um, yeah. I wanted to have them on. I think I invited them on and then like uh, they said, oh yeah, cool. We'll line up something or whatever. And then, Literally, they had uh, General David Petraeus speaking to them about the trail. Yeah. And we're like, oh, so we're definitely second fiddle on this. I'm sorry for the the stark step down, guys, in terms of quality of uh, guests and yeah, interviewees. Really. But so good. General Petraeus to, to the losers. <laughs> but this is all. So uh, real quick, if I could just ask. Um, so I, I guess we'll start with Julian, if you don't mind, then. Um, what was sure. uh, what's your involvement with it? I mean, what brought you to the story of uh, of the the you know Marquis de Lafayette? I mean, he's he was a two part episode for us, and the fans absolutely loved it because everybody knows this guy's name, but they don't know what happened to him after the American Revolution. A lot of them don't even know what he was doing during the Revolution. They just know, hey, we got a cool badass French guy here that helped us out big time. <laughs> yeah. So what yeah. what brought you into the fold for this? Well, so I'm I'm Frenchman, uh, so um, I came to the U.S. for the first time in 2015. I was doing an exchange program at the College of Women Mary uh, in Williamsburg, Virginia. And, you know, I, I started looking around and I saw some Lafayette streets and Lafayette squares. And I'm like, that's going to be the same guy. I just uh, I wonder why. I wonder why Americans would just name streets after him. And you would see that in many states. So it was just one. It wasn't just one place. You would see that all over the country. So that caught my attention. And uh, I have wanted from that point uh, onward to figure out the reasons why Americans cherished and cherish to this day Lafayette still. And so the two reasons that I have been able to, uh, um, I would say, uh, um, describe as uh, uh, the main motivations for that are that uh, he risked everything in France at a very young age to uh, help the American cause that at the time uh, was nothing uh, safe. It was it was a re risky investment. Let's put it like that. I mean, oh, the guy was, yeah, and we we compare Dogecoin and think that that's risky now. Yeah, this guy right. was doing some real stuff. I mean, he could have stayed at home and you know bought whatever French wine he wanted to at the court and had a great time. And instead, he just you know he did what. This is not a good idea to really, to give a lot of money to a young man that's going to make you know emotional decisions basically. And that's what he did. He put his money in the American Revolution. So that's number one. And number two is what I hope we're going to talk about, which is that he came back in uh, uh, 1824, um, you know, for the 50th anniversary of the beginning of the American Revolution. He, he did that at, um, as a um, uh, last surviving major general. So uh, I, I came up with this idea that eventually became the Lafayette Trail. And as you can see now, it's grown quite a bit and we're just having a great time one day at a time. It's awesome. To, and his return was awesome. That, that was because, I mean, he really did get received like a true rock star when he came back totally. over here. It was oh, yeah. um, there's a couple of weird things. Some that was just pointed out to us in the episode, too, was that um, I believe it was the king of France. I think it was during the Bourbon Restoration 
that they right. didn't want um, him getting this big send off in France. So the, the king actually made sure that the troops didn't allow a crowd to gather to see him off as he was going back to America. And then, yeah, I mean, then when yeah. he came to America, it was like every major city wanted a piece of him. It's like, uh, you know, kind of like having, uh, I guess, visiting royalty for, you know. Yeah, it's very interesting you mentioned that, actually, because we've been writing a little um, article about um, the Bourbon Restoration and uh, the process that leads to Lafayette returning to America. So we kind of describe a little bit the political situation in France at the time since uh, Louis XVIII uh, came back on the throne in 1814. And after Napoleon's 100 days uh, has been leading until 1824, which is uh, the date of Lafayette's return to America. So the process going from uh, Lafayette being in France, serving in the House of Deputies, uh, going back to America as a Revolutionary War veteran and the last surviving major general of the Continental Army. It's pretty smooth, actually. It's not very, it's not a break like people think. You know, he gets out of office, he's got some time and he goes to America. It's more complex than that, where uh, you can see that he's thinking already while holding a French office of going back to America. So the whole thing is fascinating, really. And I'm glad you point out the, the uh, Bourbon Restoration, because I think it's relevant in the picture, actually. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's where I find uh, the whole history thing to be fascinating. It's really not boring. It's but all these interplays that that a lot of times in our you know uh, school history books, it's one line. But when you really start scratching at that and see what's surrounding all of that, that's an unbelievable thing. And then, I mean, yeah, it's the fiftieth anniversary of the start of the American Revolution, and when he returns to uh, America for this. Um, you know, this big uh, tour, if you will. But uh, things in America at that point, um, there's the whole political division, the political parties are starting up. Uh, you know, George Washington has already passed away. And, uh, you know, um, there's not a clear cut who's going to continue on in the presidency. I mean, Washington came into the presidency unanimously. But now after Washington, now the various factions are starting to uh, take place and the two-party system is really starting to uh, take hold and or even the divisions within the one party that we got two candidates. So there was a, it was also a, a, a presidential election year and there's a lot of infighting back and forth. Uh, and now we have this returning hero from the American Revolution and everybody's thinking back to the, to the glory days of uh, – uh, and, and as you pointed out, he's the last surviving uh, right. Revolutionary War uh, general. And now he's making this uh, grandiose tour and everybody really wanted to uh, uh, welcome him back. I mean, he, he came over to this country, I guess, as one of the richest men in France uh, as a 17-year-old. Uh, what, what time of his life during uh, the revolution? When he, when he first came over to America to to yeah, lend his yeah, support to the parents were dead. Um, so, as I pointed out, this was a young man that had inherited a tremendous amount of uh, money from his family, and so he decided to court thing. Uh, lucky America, actually, uh, he decided to pour it into the American Revolution. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty happy about him coming over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, the, the more we read about him when we were doing it, we, it was not intended to be a two-part episode, but we just sat there at some point. And we're like, oh, shit, we wrote a term paper again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no way you can take this guy's life and uh, just boil it down to uh, no. one episode. One, one no, episode, but, so. you know, the. Um, I mean, you talk about the election of 1824, right? So, like – since the American, since the 13 colonies, the, the 13 original states eventually 
you have um, the nation grows to the West. That creates pressure. You have new states that are uh, creating competition for the older ones like Virginia. And so the country is actually being more divided because there are more uh, nuances of uh, political views inside the nation. And so the election of 1824 reveals uh, regional divisions with different parts of the country that clearly have their own candidate. And with the exception of Jackson, really, all of them are grounded, uh, like John Quincy Adams in New England, Crawford in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, Virginia, uh, Georgia. Right. You have uh, uh, Jackson in the south and Henry Clay to the, Kentucky to the west. And so it's going to be Lafayette's role to cement all that diversity uh, into a one-time celebration of the American Revolution. That's, to me, outstanding. Yeah. It's pretty good. Now, I got a couple of questions about the trail for you here later, but um, I do want to ask Kat a couple of things real quick if we can. Um, first of all, you were playing, so I should probably see Hamilton, but I'm assuming that was the lyrics to uh, uh, one of the songs from Hamilton that you put in your social media stuff today. Because Definitely. Well, I'm trying to get Julian to watch it. He's actually never watched Hamilton. And I'm like, come on, Julian. I listen to Everybody's it. watched Hamilton except for you, and you're the president of the trail. That's- <laughs> so maybe we can get everybody to gang up against will actually watch it with me at some point yeah he plays a major character in, in hamilton interesting all right now my cousin megan is obsessed with hamilton and now vicariously also history so she she got into it that way but um no so you were playing that uh i didn't know he was a major role in the movie that's pretty cool but what brought you into how did you wind up getting involved with all this stuff too i know you're a history you know uh, fanatic because uh you're in a facebook group that says so but uh what brought you into this whole world if you will Well, I'm actually a daughter of the American Revolution. Um, I have two proven patriots through the DAR. um, And my chapter is actually based in Yorktown, Virginia, the Comte de Grasse chapter. And one day I just stumbled upon the trail online. And my friend Sarah, who's he's a member of the chapter, she and I were like, let's go meet Julian for coffee. So we went to Yorktown. Like, you know, what people do in Virginia, we just go to Yorktown and and meet at a revolutionary coffee shop (laughs) that's right across from where my chapter house is. And, you know, I just like, hi, how are you? I want to help you with the trail. And I bugged him for probably what? How many months was it, Julian? Like four or five you know, uh, it remains undetermined. I don't know exactly how many months it was, but it was, it was certainly beyond um, the capacity to remember on a you know day by day. <laughs> yeah, I bugged him enough where I said, "Look, I see your vision here, but we need to refine this." Um, and you know, I really am passionate about history. I'm passionate about obviously the American Revolution because I have a whole bunch of patriots in my family. And I really believed in Julian. So I don't know. It was just like he had coffee. We talked a little smack on the side because that's what he and I do. And <laughs> as well demonstrated, you too, know, we made way. it fun. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So it's very cool, too. And it's uh, I didn't realize that uh, the Daughters of the American Revolution thing about you. That's pretty cool. That's um, that explains a couple of things. Like you, your whole uh, social media stuff is knee deep in that, uh, whether it be. Uh, artwork from them, uh, costumes from stuff like that back then. That's pretty cool. Um, 
we don't know. I'm actually adopted. This handsome guy's not my, uh, <laughs> I'm not biologically related to him. So we have no clue what my family background is on that one. Uh, we're just going to assume it's Irish because I have a giant head and no neck. But um, <laughs> if you can go all the way back to the American Revolution with your family lineage, that's pretty awesome. So I had no clue about that one. And uh, people can't really see this, but I, I feel like I'm asking the right question here. This jacket you're wearing, Kat, what's, what's the deal? So, um, we're going to the state conference for Virginia in March, and uh, Julian's going to be the keynote speaker for the Virginia DAR. So I said, you know, I'm going to go. I got to represent my chapter, but also I got to give Julian a hard time, make sure the, <laughs> the older ladies don't gang up on him too much. And uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I got this jacket and I designed it. That's got, it's my Lafayette jacket. So... You know, I like to get creative. I have a crazy hat, too, but I'm making for it. And we're going to represent not only the trail, but also our patriots, because I feel like it's important to remember the people that sacrifice not only their day to day life, but their money, their time. They they were fighting the revolution to and establish their, this country yeah, and their lives. And <laughs> I mean, they didn't know if they were going to come back. One of the early episodes we did was actually about Samuel Morris. Um, so I, I'm from Jersey. Actually, I, I think I even mentioned in the episode that there was a Lafayette uh, elementary school in my town growing up. I grew up like, by uh, Day Mansion in Jersey. So it's uh, between, let's see, between Wayne, where I grew up, and then uh, Mendham, where I was working uh, out near Jockey Hollow. I literally, my commute back and forth to work when I was doing construction was traveling back and forth between two of Washington's headquarters. So really grew up in that idea that Jersey is the, uh, what, what is it? The crossroads Cross, of the revolution. Crossroads of the revolution. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't have it. We got one or two major battles over here. You know, it's really that we're, we're big for, uh, you know, the battle of uh, Monmouth or Freehold, the whole Molly Pitcher thing. But um, it's, uh, it was always cool at, to have that connection to it. And then like you guys were just saying too, we did this episode on Samuel Morris. He was one of the early guys. Um, he financed the whole revolution. He is featured in the painting in the Capitol building. And I believe he wound up in debtor's prison because he lost his entire family's fortune trying to help us get up off the ground. And he just kept – I think Washington was literally just being like, hey, we got to go to Morris for money. And then uh, eventually they're like, oh, we'll pay you back once we get everything figured out. And we know about if the government lends you money, you got to pay it back on time. But if you lend the government money, it, it can be a little bit different. Right. <laughs> Those 30 days might stretch out to 60 days, might stretch out to 90 days, might stretch out to uh, never. <laughs> You're never getting your money. But what I like about what you guys are doing here too is that you're bringing uh, the uh, some some youth and excitement to what can normally be kind of like we said stuffy things here. Like, we're damn, we're in hell, American losers in hell because there's so many podcasts of great smart people doing history stuff who would look at us and be like, oh, these these guys are just a couple of you know blue collar jerks from Jersey. And then there's other people that are like comedy fans that are listening to it. And like, I don't know, they seem to try to teach me something every time I listen to this show. So that's why I, had, I felt an instant kinship with you guys, because it seems like you're presenting info that's entertaining. You know what I mean? I see the stuff that Kat's always posting about the stuff for the trail. Now, I did want to ask this one. The markers for the is this something? It's not like when you go up to Boston, you can go on the Freedom Trail, right? Yeah. So because his tour, when uh, Lafayette came back over here, he hit almost everywhere, didn't he? Yeah. So um, what we want to do is we try to place hotspots. Like that's the way I, I kind of think of the markers. So uh, what strikes me in America is that all these markers sometimes that are super long with like a very tiny font. And I don't think people spend a lot of time reading everything carefully. I, I just think that uh, the mission of the marker is to 
uh, create a spark in somebody's mind, um, to have, uh, to create an attention on a new subject. And as a result, we are focusing on one or two key ideas. Uh, we have a flashy design, blue, white, and red, like, uh, the flag of France or the flag of the United States. Actually, we have the same national colors. So, you know, somebody's going to drive by or somebody's going to walk by the sign, notice it, and then going to Google Lafayette Trail and find all those resources. So, uh, there are more points of entry in each of the places where we can document he was. Uh, we are, we try to put up a sign there, like, you know, Niagara Falls or uh, the house of President Madison Montpelier. We have 60, 65 markers around the country. 60 and we really, that many. That's awesome. We really consider the signs, um, um, the signs and the digital resources that Cat, Cat articulates so well on social media and the videos that follow the Frenchman, their dialogue so that uh, the point of entry leads to the videos and some people that leave on the West Coast or even in France that cannot travel because they have a family or they have a job that, you know, they can't travel to the East Coast and follow the Lafayette Trail where well, they still have access to the materials. So you make it fun and you also make it virtual digital and so that people have access to it. That's kind of the key. You want to educate as many people as you want. You don't want to force them to go on a trip to see the signs, but take the message to them. Well, you guys had a good one, too, because it's all about marketing. And let me tell you guys, follow the Frenchman. That's effective. That one got stuck yeah. in my head immediately. So whoever came up with that one, kudos. There you Julian. go. Julian. <laughs> <laughs> follow the Frenchman. You said something earlier too, Julian, that cracked me up. Um, you were saying that a lot of people don't stop and read all these signs. Uh, right. The gentleman, <laughs> Are you one of them? The gentleman to my left raised us that there would be no signs left unread when it came to uh, anything like that. Okay. Yeah, and, well, that's good. Uh, family vacations uh, would uh, not be complete if it wasn't for a battlefield or a fort or something along the way. And typically, uh, Kevin and I would be the last ones out because we had to stop and read every one of the markers where uh, his mother and sister were <laughs> like speed readers or just speed walking through the various sites. But uh, uh, unfortunately, I guess, or fortunately, I instilled, uh, hey, stop and read this. You might learn something. <laughs> you know, well, along the way. I mean, you know, after the Niagara Falls market, we put there in front of the falls, like on the island. It's in you know, New York State. It's right in front of the, it's called Terrapin Point, the main view, uh, uh, point of view of the falls on the American side. So we put up the sign and then I just, you know, I grabbed some sandwich and I sat there like by a tree and I looked at people uh, for about an hour. That's yeah, that's I, I had, you know, that's what I was doing. I was sitting watching people, people and what watching. they did with the sign. And, you know, some people actually stop and read and look at both sides and it's the same text. But some people were barely stop. They could pick and go away, you know, so you kind of have both experiences is what I'm saying. So, you know, it's kind of hard to quantify people's attitude in front of the signs, but. Uh, it certainly seems like a good idea to keep it short to me. Oh, yeah. It give people something that if you want to scratch at the surface and dig a little deeper, you can't. That seems to be how you guys are, are doing stuff. And if it's okay, we're going to put a couple of links in the description for this episode when it yeah. comes up. Um, just a side note, just to keep it a little bit lighter here, too. I think both of you guys would appreciate this. Um, so one day uh, I'm working in Rahway, New Jersey. And, uh, uh, we put a sign there. <laughs> you have a sign in Rahway? Okay. Going up, yeah. Okay, so this is wonderful too. Um, there is a sign there that says Battle of Rahway, that there was a skirmish in Rahway during the American Revolution. And um, okay. just to show you how, how things change and maybe uh, history has to have <laughs> name changes every now and then, uh, Rahway at the time was not known as Rahway. I don't think that happened until the 1800s. The original name of the town was Spanktown. <laughs> Okay. So it was Spanktown, New Jersey. And uh, this was the Battle of Spanktown. And people died. So someone had to come home and say, we lost your husband at Spanktown. <laughs> so, 
But uh, so there's like a marker going up in Rahway now too. So he, yeah. he, he did come through um, Jersey quite a few times. Yeah, he did a couple of times actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the crossroads certainly during the tour also went there twice. Once in 1824, uh, September 1824, another time in uh, 1825. So I mean, yeah, he's been to uh, every single state in existence at the time. So. Uh, you know, you take your pick, but east of the Mississippi River, with the exception of uh, um, Wisconsin and Michigan and Florida that didn't exist and West Virginia that was part of Virginia, right. uh, he went through every single state. So uh, it's kind of amazing to me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm from France and I look at this man and you know, there's no social media back then. There's no cat to let uh, the American people know that Lafayette is doing well and alive. So the guy comes back in 1824 and nobody has heard of the man except the founding fathers that traded letters with him uh, privately, you know, so he comes back and he just does this entire tour. And in many ways today, many small towns in America from Maine to Alabama, actually, that's one of the most important events that have had in their entire history, the reception of Lafayette in 1824 during the tour. <laughs> so that's, to me, that's unbelievable that a man from a different country, France, could go to all those villages, towns and cities in 1824 and 200 years later, all these all these people uh, in small towns in Maine and in Louisiana have the same. They cherish Lafayette the same way, with the same intensity. I think it's unique. Oh, he definitely he stands definitely, out yeah. in a crowd. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Yeah. It was so fun to read about him. Now, just question for you guys: Was there anything? Because I mean, you guys both seem like you knew a good chunk of his story before you got involved with this project. Obviously, you learn more as you go. Um, something that blew my mind was I believe he met with every single. Uh, president and future president at the time because his list of friends the people who were getting him out of trouble over in uh when he was you know in, in captivity if you will yeah. yeah um that's a pretty good group of friends to hang out with. he goes oh jefferson's gonna help me out with this washington's having some money sent over uh you know james monroe is working on this this madison fellas here and then i think he, he winds up even having dinner with um andrew jackson at some point when he comes back over here right yeah yeah that was uh that was um one of his missions um, was really to unite the country. So people think Lafayette is a founding father. Um, I don't think so. I think he's close to the founding fathers, but it's important to say that he was an outside, what you would call now a consultant to them. Right. Uh, because that outside position allowed him to speak freely on a certain variety of issues like slavery, for instance, to directly to the founding fathers. Oh, yeah. Um, so his desire to unite the country made it so that the folks that run for president in 1824, like Jackson, uh, three of them lost. It, it was a very contentious election, as you might know. Lafayette actually was inside the House of Representatives on February the 9th, 1825, when the House selected John Quincy Adams as the president of the United States. But uh, the country was divided because it was it was kind of, um, uh, you know, it was called the corrupt bargain in the newspapers at the time. So he <laughs> went to see every single one of the folks who run. And that included Andrew Jackson, actually, in Washington, D.C., but also at his home in Tennessee, the Hermitage. Mm -hmm. We actually have an episode of Follow the Frenchman that actually hit a thousand hits recently. We're very happy about that. It talks about the election of 1824, the divisiveness, all that stuff. But to the point, um, he went there in, a, in in an effort to calm the country. Yes, these folks lost, but I'm here to say that they all carried a different vision for America. And they were all American, you know, elected officials, potentially. And yes, he paves the way for for instance, Andrew Jackson, that later on is going to win anyway uh, at the next election. So I think it's important to mention that. Julian, do you think 
um, Lafayette's motivation might be from what he just experienced in his own homeland in France with with the French Revolution going so awry that, uh, you know, compared to the American Revolution, it was just a total disaster with the, you know, the national razor and everything else. That, and, and the Some depression. great intentions to begin with and then things great got a little. Great intentions that just went yeah. sideways. That, I mean, uh, that is. Still to this day, that still fascinates me. I'm sure Kat is the same way with you. The how convoluted this whole uh, history is. The uh, the French Revolution, the Empire, Napoleon, the restoration of the Bourbon, and what is amazing with Lafayette coming from France. To me, there's only a couple of individualities like that that really transcend uh, this historical period. Lafayette was born in 57, 1757, and he died in 1834. So let me tell you, we've seen a lot of stuff, okay? Uh, in the American Revolution here, the Grand Tour, but more than that in France, the French Revolution. Uh, he was in jail, as you pointed out, Napoleon, the, the, Bur the Bourbon Restoration, the July uh, uh, Revolution of 1830. So there's only a guy, I mean, you can argue about that, but there's another personality that has the same effect. It's, uh, Talleyrand is his name, is a statesman uh, of France. He uh, was born just about the same year, the same dates, uh, uh, being born, being uh, dead in Lafayette. And he served in many of those regimes. So he transcends also uh, all of those historical periods and events. And you look at Lafayette's life, and to me, uh, the French history being so convoluted, it really reconciled me with all of those complexities, you know, making sense of, uh, how uh, Napoleon's, Napoleon rose and then he collapsed and then the Bourbon Restoration was put back together. I just, uh, he was a helpful figure for me to make sense of all of that complexity. What do you think, Kat? Well, we compared, him to, uh, we compared him to Batman on the show a little bit because we <laughs> our studio is out of uh, a shared universe. That's where uh, uh, Mike and me, we're, we're part of the Kevin Smith, Jay and Silent Bob universe here. That's where all of our friends are, are part of it. Um, so we yeah. try to do that to, to ease into the, some of those listeners here. And we did compare him to Batman. And it kind of was him. My favorite part of the whole story with him was when he went back to um, uh, confront the Jacobins, if you will, makes yeah. a big speech back you know, in Paris. And he's saying, hey, guys, we got to do something about this. The Jacobins, they're, they're really not helping us out here. We're, we're weakened as a military strength right now. This war with Austria is not going to go so well. And then uh, he realized he's bad mouthing all the Jacobins in a room full of Jacobins. <laughs> And there's kind of this. Oh, so uh, that it seems things have changed while I was away, guys. So. <laughs> Keep your back towards the door. Yeah, <laughs> but it was odd. It, it, the way the the reverence that the other founding fathers here in America uh, seemed to hold for him, and then the fact that he had that that straight up rock star uh, reception was really really cool. Um, so real quick, can I ask you? I'll ask Kat to do the, uh, the the plug for this one. So if somebody wanted to find the Lafayette Trail stuff, Kat, what's the easiest way for them to go do it? Uh, I know you're heavily involved with the social media thing, which is the way to get the kids involved. Uh, you just can Google the Lafayette Trail um, and you can even Google follow the Frenchman. That's going to pull up everything online. Um, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're everywhere. Um and, and we put stuff out almost every day because we try to highlight his tour. And for almost, you know, a whole year, he was touring the country. So there's always some new place that he's been. Um, new places in the country that now have different names, like the one in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> um and we do new videos. Um, Julian is the host, writer, script writer, and he he works really hard to make it fun. 
So I always tell people if you, you know, you don't want to read our posts about what Lafayette did, go watch Follow the Frenchman. People really enjoy it. It's not dry. It's, it's Julian trying to put the key to the Bastille in a lock, trying to see if it opens another lock or, you know, he's petting people's dogs or, you know, hanging out with just a whole bunch of different people. I mean, it's, it's also not just Lafayette's journey. It's actually Julian's journey too. Well, I, because he's, he's, he's the Frenchman we're following, right? <laughs> yeah. I he's mean, the, he, he came to this country not knowing really anybody and he had this vision for the trail and he just said, I'm going to do this. And so that's what made me say, you know what? I'm going to help you. And in Julian's journey, he he's, makes a friend in every every place he goes. Um, you can't resist the French accent. A lot of the ladies love that kind of thing. I mean, men might like it too, you know, not trying to be biased, but. It's um, a- you know, it, <laughs> Our sound engineer is just going like this the entire time. <laughs> 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 No, I, I love the approach that you guys have with this thing. And, and I mean, it's, I, I reached out to Kat first just because she was my uh, point of contact for the stuff on Facebook, but immediately uh, clicked with you. You guys are doing it. It's it's all for the right reasons. And I feel like we'd be the kind of people that if we were all hanging out, we'd be the fun ones, maybe cracking a beer or two at the end while still talking about history as opposed to a a rather stuffy kind of a, have you, oh, have you read uh, so-and-so's piece on this recently? Yeah, right. History can be very fun to talk about. You just got to make it so that people actually, you know, care to do so. And it seems like you guys are doing that and doing it very, very well, by the way. Getting on your site too, maybe you guys could uh, speak uh, about the upcoming 2024 um, celebration that you guys have uh, in mind here. What's what's going to what's going to happen in 2024 in regards to uh, Lafayette's trail? Um, so one of the things that I had noticed in America, um, well, number one, the challenge of the geography of the country. It's a country, but it's really like a continental country. It's huge. Um, and the tour of Lafayette, uh, it, it ex- explains that it, it's so huge. It's, I had noticed that um, the celebrations of Lafayette were very local. They were very disorganized. Um, and uh, in a way, the documentation of his whereabouts was very, um, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, unequal from one place to another. So, the first challenge that we try to uh, address was um, trying to come up with a uh, an integrated database, or if you want, or uh, one place where all this research has been accumulated so that when we post something on social media that CAD does, all the data that we share, uh, you know for sure that it's documented somewhere. So that was the first thing that we've been trying to do for uh, the 200th anniversary, which is uh, through the social media channels of the Lafayette Trail, share every day where he went. So that's going to be available to just about anybody that wants to follow on our social media. Uh, that's number one. Number two, um, it's uh, the historic markers. So the markers are installed. They're going to be hopefully in more than 100 or 120 or 30 communities between now and 24, 25. That's so awesome. That's really just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I just would like some folks in town back then uh, at some point, you know, to send us a pic with some, you know, nice uh, a kid or two that are yeah, taking the time. And, uh, I think that would be kind of cool to have every day the post, like what happened 
folks connecting with the marker and some people reenacting. Who knows? Some people firing like in our videos, we have uh, some people firing guns and muskets that come for the dedication of the sign. So they do that. It's really cool. Uh, and obviously, there are a bunch of groups around the country that are actually already uh, thinking what they can do in their communities. So you have the SAR, the Sons of the American Revolution, the Dollars of the American Revolution, the American Friends of Lafayette. There's a variety of groups that are actually trying to get more organized about uh, how to combine uh, the firing of some muskets here and there. So I think between all of that, uh, we can come up with something kind of interesting. That's the challenge. Let, uh, let us know what we can do to help in Jersey here because, uh, you know, it, it's – well, do you know how to fire a musket? Uh, well, I'm former military, so uh, yeah, there, there's a little bit of that. I, maybe not a musket. Maybe I'll just go down there with a cap gun and uh, maybe show up. <laughs> a couple we'll of fireworks or something. Or something. But anything we can we do need to make with. you a jacket to wear. Oh, if I can get a matching Lafayette jacket with you, Kat, that's going to be that. Uh, I promise you, I would rock it. In uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, no that that'd be very cool. Uh, and keep in touch too on some other things. I, I mean, we're. I'm kind of all over the place. Comedy took a hit with uh, uh, COVID and whatnot. But one of my favorite right. things to do is actually when I would go out of town, we would go try to find something historical to go check out, too. So if and when I get myself down to the Virginia area, I'll reach out to you guys. You tell me where I need to go hang out you know, before I go hang out at the Funny Bone in Virginia Beach. Oh, boy. Yeah, we, we got to get you some culture before you go to town center. That's a- <laughs> uh, I've played it once or twice before. And let me tell you, culture sounds like a welcome change. Yeah. <laughs> but- there's, a, there's a ton of stuff in Virginia, um, Virginia Beach, Norfolk. There's actually a cannonball from Lord Dunmore still in the, the church in Norfolk. So that, there's some culture there. You would probably love that a little bit better than town center. <laughs> well, when my ship came into uh, the ship that I was on was the USS Kearney. OK, and uh, that we, we went into Yorktown for a weapons onload before an overseas deployment. And uh, okay. I mean, we were sitting there. And we were all excited. We said, oh, guys, by the way, uh, our duty section was off that day so we could go into town and go see some stuff. And I was like. Oh, there's a bunch of like American Revolution things that I can go do over there. And then the other guy's like, you know, they got Bush Gardens, right, bro? <laughs> I got outvoted pretty quickly on yeah. that one. Bush Gardens it was. But <laughs> Mount Vernon or a roller coaster. <laughs> That's true. Um, so we're going to obviously direct everybody towards the Lafayette Trail here for you guys. And I, I do hope you keep in touch sincerely, both of you, because uh, this is really cool. And anything we can do to help by just throwing a couple more eyes on the project, we're more than happy to do. Um, but is it okay? Do you guys want to put out anything for people to be able to follow you individually or, or anything like that or anything you're comfortable with? Our fans are usually pretty cool. We get every now and then some weird, you know, psychotic person, but for the most part, it's good people. Kat, do you want to, you want to say something about that? Yeah. I mean, they can follow us. Um, we're both on Twitter. Um, we usually, when we do follow Fridays, I put, uh, Julian and my personal, uh, Twitter on there. We're on Instagram as well. Um, so you can kind of find us. We, he's not very active. I'm trying to get him to post a little bit more on his Instagram because people like his French accent and his scarf. This is a recurring motif, Julian. I'm sure you're aware of it by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, he is a Frenchman. So, but um, we're both on there. Um, I'm, you know, I'm always reposting stuff. And if if people go to the markers, if they want to share something Lafayette, tag Lafayette Trail. I will repost it. A lot of people love going to the markers and taking a selfie uh, or they, you know, have a costume or they're watching Hamilton and they tag us. I love it. 
It's uh, making be prepared hit- to hear from oh. my cousin Megan. Just be aware of it. My cousin Megan <laughs> like will be Megan, reaching out to like you. Like hit us up. I will. I will <laughs> put a costume on or just smile and I'll repost it. Now we're talking. I like that one. And then uh, Julian, anything else you want to say in your way? I really appreciate you guys making the time for us here. This has been Absolutely. very cool. No, I mean, uh, she's, I think she's uh, summed it up pretty well. Um, uh, the, the social media is where we communicate with the rest of the world interested in Lafayette's tour. Um, so that's kind of our forum, you know, where we talk and we meet new people. So please send people our way that want to talk about history in a cool way and learn new stuff or just tell us some stuff we might not know. Who knows? And, uh, you know, check out the videos. Like they're here, you know, they're free. And uh, uh, I think they, they tell, you know, they tell history from a different angle. That's the challenge. Like I've noticed the nonprofit field in America and like in France here, there's a lot of, there's a lot of small groups that just care about what they do and they just go out there trying to do their best. And it's kind of rich in that way. Um, and it's also challenging financially for a lot of people. So these videos are an attempt to see if we can do something different or in a new way to teach history or to share some historical materials. Uh, so it's kind of an experiment. So, uh, you know, we're just excited to share that format. And so the more people watch them, the better, in my opinion. So all of that, you know, this is all good stuff, uh, we think. And uh, please uh, come and talk to us. Uh, you know, we don't bite. We're very nice. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's all. We're just open to, uh, you know, people. I mean, I can I say we're nice? We're nice, right, Kat? It's okay to say that, right? I think she froze. She's not. She's not saying no. This is not a pensive yeah. thought, <laughs> pause here. I think I, her connection I, I, froze. That's kind of a very unfortunate moment for her computer to freeze. Isn't it? <laughs> okay. uh, when she can jump back in, she's more than welcome to here, man. But uh, Julia, yeah. th- thank you so much for your time, in. Um, you guys are, and I do like what you're doing a lot because, um, you know, there's it, there's so many things. So for just my entry into the French Revolution, I remember reading right. about it being fascinated right want to know what was going on with it and then i watched a history channel documentary and history channel always goes for the entertainment value too right so they threw yeah. in some good little reenactments and stuff like that here uh you know and then the next one i said well, i'd really like to know more about the whole napoleon thing and i'm checking that yeah. out and i got a pbs documentary and let me tell you if you ever need to fall asleep on a plane ride <laughs> you put on this pbs documentary i mean he i was out cold within the first 10 minutes and i bought the thing <laughs> online for 20 bucks <laughs> So it's all about doing something engaging that's going to pull people's attention. And it really seems like you you guys are doing you guys that in spades. It. Absolutely. So, uh, but that's cool. Thank you guys so much. Kat, anything you want to say on the way out? I know you're back in now. I'm here. Um, I just want to say thank you for everybody who's supporting us. You know, we have some really great, we call them trailblazers, people that follow us. You know, our friend Amy, who makes, she made us the coolest jackets ever. Um we're going to be sporting those in a video coming up. Julian and I are going to be in a video together for once. Um, but we try to make it fun. You know, we try to make history fun. And if you guys have any questions, if you want to share that your ancestor fought with off yet, or you just want to learn about it, like send us a message. I have no problem breaking it down for you. Julian, he'll talk to you in French. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, if you knew how many times I've heard people tell me that in their community, which sometimes was not even on the itinerary that Lafayette followed, how many times I've heard that somebody's great great grandmother danced with Lafayette? It's very interesting how <laughs> right. you know the the, the 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 history of his visit has been maintained in local memories. It's fascinating. So we will talk to you. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's kind of an untouchable guy in history because he never um, – I mean, he had political ambitions and thoughts for sure, but he never got tied into one party over here in the United States. And I think that's the way you can get truly revered that way, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of why he was kind of criticized, especially toward the end of his life, I would mm-hmm. say, in France, because this is a man that had many opportunities to step up and give the country a certain direction he wanted to. He wanted it to go. And he always decided to uh, stay out of the, the the executive, the power, you know. So that's a choice he made. So it's been apl- it's been acclaimed, it's been revered, but it's also been criticized sometimes. It's a he's a conflicting guy, and like we always say on the show, it's whoever we we know we have good loser fodder for somebody because we apply the term loser to him only because uh, when you do so much for our country and then also wind up in a jail in another country and running for your life <laughs> and losing the family fortune. It's we're not mocking him by calling him we're a loser. We're just like, this is a set of circumstances to right. overcome for right. anybody. All right. Like I stubbed my toe last week and I'm still angry about it. This guy <laughs> probably water under the bridge for him. But Well, I don't know if you know that, but he he was on a boat on the Ohio River and the boat sunk when he was in America in 1824. So no looking on the he lost a lot of stuff on that boat. Let me tell you. <laughs> Did he lose his dog? Yeah, there's a story like that. We actually have a lot. We have an article about that somewhere on our newsletter. Um, so check it out. That's a uh, benefit of our membership, actually. But uh, for those of you who want to see, uh, we, we have that on, uh, on our newsletter. Well, very Quiz, cool, Quiz, the dog. His We're, name was Quiz. Quiz was the dog? Yeah, Quiz the dog. <laughs> that doesn't follow his uh, his motif of uh, naming, uh, what was it? The daughter was... Uh, uh, Virginia. Yeah, uh, Virginia. A- a- Antoinette Virginia or something like that, right? No, I... Uh, I forget the other one. And then the other son um, was uh, George Washington, you know, and yeah, I feel yeah. like if he was around a little bit longer, he would have eventually had like another kid or something like that. Would have named him like, uh, you know, Teddy Roosevelt. Well, his wife passed away in the early 1800s. So, yeah. um, but, um, yeah, it's a, Hey, it's a, it's a cool life to explore. This man is an amazing legacy. Uh, you can talk about him from a variety of angles. Uh, it unites people. I mean, think about it through the Lafayette trail. I've met so many of my, I've met cut through the Lafayette trail. I mean, I've met so many people, that are now, you know, some of my closest friends. And so it's not just about talking about somebody that's been dead for almost 200 years. It's actually talking about forging new friendships and uh, learning more about other cultures. For me, you know, I can share my French culture with people. I can share some stuff about French kings in the 900s or, you know, how it all plays out and connect somehow with the French Revolution and what comes afterward. It's kind of exciting to share some of those things with the American people that are more focused on, you know, the American Revolution most of the time and the blessings of American freedom for this country and the gradual uh, progress that it's making. It's kind of, it's exciting to have this confrontation of ideas and coming from different perspectives. That's something I enjoy a lot. And, uh, you know, we do, we do that a lot with Kat. Actually, we chat a lot about uh, historical facts and, uh, oh, what do you think about that? You know, oh, this king is kind of cool. So anyway, that's just, uh, it's not just about Lafayette, what he did, where he was. It's it's much more than that is what I'm trying to say. It's much more. Oh, he's a great landing point to then get into uh, the, the nitty gritty yeah. of it all. So we enjoy that when you're yeah. Hey, you got anything you want to uh, say? Thank you guys for thank you guys for that. We appreciate, you know, spending some time with you and, and getting on the podcast. And, uh, uh, you know, we hope that uh, uh, people have people have been convinced to learn more about this guy and uh, to check out the Lafayette Trail. Absolutely. Well, as Kat said, he's uh, he's featured heavily in Hamilton, so we know we're getting some name recognition now, too. Yep. And then I'm going to go ahead and say he's got a French accent, too, so that's going to draw more people in. So you guys got that going for you. <laughs> but, uh, 
but I, uh, we're going to let you guys go, man. I want to hold you hostage here. Julian, thank you so much for your time here. Kat, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Kat, great, great talking to you too on social media. I appreciate that. We'll keep that because uh, uh, let me know what else we can do to try to grow uh, some viewership on the trail. We'll figure something out for you guys. But thank you. anything else you want to say on the way out? LP, thank our guests. Oh, thank you so much. This is this was awesome. And you're inspiring me to go even deeper into Lafayette than I did before. Uh, <laughs> he is a fascinating, fascinating guy. And thank sure. you, thank you guys so much for uh, putting the spotlight on uh, on Lafayette and all the uh, all the things surrounding his life. Hey guys, thank you so much. I know it was not a regular content episode here, but I thought it was really cool to get a chance to sit down and talk to some people. Uh, People who are, quite honestly, smarter than me and my dad. They know a little bit more. These guys have credentials, all right? It's not a shop teacher and his shithead son. So um, please check it out. It's the Lafayette Trail. Check out Follow the Frenchman and please engage in some of their content. They're really cool people over there. We had a blast talking to them and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And when they do come up to New Jersey to dedicate the plaque for uh, Marquis de Lafayette for his time here in Rahway, New Jersey, if I can get myself out there, I'm going to be there, folks. Anybody else who wants to come out? Come on out and we'll uh, we'll toast this guy in uh, in classic American loser fashion and no firearms. Okay, we were joking. Do not fire firearms. Thank you. An American loser the day I was born. An American loser the day I was born. An American loser the day I was born.